or our family didn't have family vacations. We didn't go to the beach in the summertime. You know, we, we, we wrestle. You know, I don't think I did anything that no one can do or else I wouldn't have done it. It's almost like I was more excited for him to win than, 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 I, than I cared about me winning. You know, that was when I really, truly understood that you can't get on that podium without being a well-rounded wrestler. There's no reason to sleep in. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I think sleeping in is a little bit of being lazy. Wrestling is just like one big puzzle. There's like a counterattack to every attack that the opponent has, and it's just fun trying to, like, figure everything out. No, I think you had some uh, pretty good questions, pretty in-depth. Only fault was it I thought I could pin everybody, you know. So going into the semifinals, I didn't really have a game plan. I was like super, super, super intense. All I cared about was wrestling. You know, that's what I love to do. I want to stand. Out. I want to. I want to get in your face. I want to beat you up. For 17 years, it was like it was what I was training for, you know. And this is potentially my last tournament. It's like this is it. It's like eight mile. Like you only get one shot. I felt like he took what was mine, you know, and um, I was trying to take what was his, so just kind of how things go. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the long-awaited episode 33 of the Sudden History Wrestling Podcast. I know I've been about as active on the podcast front as Patrick Downey has been competing lately, but hopefully this comes across with the same level of savagery as Mr. Downey does. So it's been quite a while since I've put out a podcast, obviously. I've had some changes in my professional life where putting out a regular podcast has been more challenging. Yes, I do have a day job. The revenues generated from my various wrestling-related ventures don't pay the bills for me. But enough about me. Let's talk wrestling. About two weeks ago now, Kale Sanderson sent shockwaves throughout the wrestling community when he unleashed Mark Hall from his red shirt for the Nittany Lions. Huge matchup with Iowa in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. We all know Hall, junior world champion, consensus top recruit from every website, uh, D1CW included, top recruit from the class of 2016. Hall showed flashes of his potential. You know, you could see why he's going to be a great wrestler, yet... He was upended by All-American Alex Meyer. With Kale's decision to start Mark Hall so late in the season, to me it begs the question, how many top recruits actually get brought out of redshirt at this juncture, and then how do they fare? The most widely known example of a true freshman shedding his redshirt and then having success is 1993, when Lincoln McElravey was inserted into Iowa's lineup by Dan Gable and went on to defeat Jerry Abbas for a national title, one of college wrestling's most epic matches ever. Gable's rival John Smith, everybody remembers, also took out a pair of aces from underneath his sleeve when he inserted Coleman Scott and Nathan Morgan into the Cowboys' 2005 lineup. Scott got under the podium. Nathan Morgan won a Big 12 title that season, but the reality was they didn't even need either of those freshmen's points at Nationals when the Cowboys won the title by 70 points. Another semi-recent example of a national champion brought out a redshirt his freshman year 
was Oklahoma's Tion Ware in 2003. So, what we're looking at now is a list of 15 freshmen from the last 10 years who were top 100 recruits, brought out a red shirt at or after January 1st, how that freshman season played out, as well as the rest of their career. Again, I'm going to reiterate the ground rules. No redshirt freshmen. This is true freshmen only, and they have to have been brought out after January 1st. The guys brought out at Cliff Keene at the scuffle, well, the old scuffle in December, the Midlands, these guys don't make the cut. Why the last 10 years? Well, unfortunately, I have a hard time finding recruiting rankings from before the high school class of 2004. So we'll just look at the last 10 years. And trust me, after listening to this, you'll probably be happy I didn't dig any further back into time. So the first of the 15 wrestlers I'll be talking about is, actually, he breaks one of my ground rules. I said I was going to list top 100 recruits, but I think he deserves to be named number 15, Kevin Jack of NC State in 2015. I list Jack first because he was actually ranked number 149 out of 150 recruits by my D1CW website from the class of 2014. Again, doesn't fit into that top 100 profile, but he deserves a mention because of how his career has progressed. He made his debut Valentine's Day 2015 versus Ben Ross of Pittsburgh. 15-0 Tech fall showed why he is being considered just an animal on top. Freshman season overall, Jack was one of the surprises of the 2015 NCAA championships. He upset the number 4, number 5, number 11, and number 12 seeds and route to a 5th place finish. His career still to be determined. Jack captured his first ACC title in 2016, earned the number 3 seed at Nationals before falling in the round 12. Currently, he is the number 2 ranked 141 pounder in the country. Number 14, Garrett Sutton of Michigan. 2015, Sutton was inserted into the Wolverines lineup after Taylor Massa moved up to 174 in February. Sutton was ranked number 83 overall in the class of 2014 by D1CW. His debut was February 6, 2015 versus Austin Wilson of Nebraska. He lost by decision 8-3. Overall freshman season, Sutton earned a trip to the NCAA Championships by a sixth-place finish at the Big Ten Championships. He went 0-2 in St. Louis. His career still to be determined. Sutton started at 165 for most of last year for Michigan, but was sidelined by injury at the tail end of the season. He has competed unattached for the Wolverines at 174 this year. Number 13 on my list, Brian Stevens of Virginia Tech in 2010. Stevens was brought out of a red shirt when the Hokies starter Peter Yates injured his knee. Stevens was listed as a top 75 recruit coming out of Graham High School in Ohio. That is Graham High School, not St. Paris Graham High School. St. Paris is the town. His debut was January 8, 2010 versus Frank Molinaro of Penn State. He lost by decision 6-1. Stevens' freshman season, he had a rough opening weekend, 1-3 at the Virginia Duels. 
believe I was down there with old JB. Stevens rebounded to go 13-5 and overall and won the ACC championship at 149 pounds. Stevens spent one more season in the lineup for the Hokies, qualifying for the 2011 NCAA championships. Number 12 is a doozy. John Burns of Nebraska, 2009. He may not be a household name at this point in time, but then he was a top 60 overall recruit. He made a name for himself winning the Ironman as a senior, defeating Sudden History guest Mario Mason and Ben Jordan in the finals. His debut was January 4, 2009, versus Kellen Russell of Michigan. He lost by major decision, 8-0. Freshman season overall, National Duels, where the site where Burns came out a red shirt, tore a meniscus in his second match against Northwestern's Keith Solzer. Eventually, he was granted a medical hardship year for 2009. After his freshman season, John transferred back home to North Carolina, and the spot started for the Tar Heels and was their entry in the 2010 NCAA Championships. Number 11 on the list is Ethan Lezak of Minnesota. In 2015, the removal of his red shirt is a decision that will go down in message board lore. I believe the phrase was thrown to the wolves. Lezak preserved Minnesota's victory over Penn State by avoiding a tech fall or pin in their dual meets final bout. Coming out of high school, he was the number 60 recruit in the class of 2014 by D1CW. His debut was January 25, 2015. First, Jordan Conaway of Penn State, and he lost by major decision 13-3. Overall, his freshman year, he finished with a 28-15 record, earned an at-large berth to the NCAA championships where he won a pair of matches. Eventually, he was eliminated by Jordan Conaway. His career still to be determined. He is Minnesota's starter, currently ranked number four by Flow Wrestling at 125 pounds. Number 10, Joey LaValle of Missouri. In 2014, LaValle made his way into the Missouri lineup after former starter and three-time NCAA qualifier Kyle Bradley was off the team. LaValle was D1CW's number 57 overall recruit from 2013. His debut January 19, 2014 versus Luke Smith of Central Michigan, where he lost a 4-0 decision. LaValle put together a pretty solid 30-11 record in his initial season in Columbia. His third-place finish in the MAC gave him a number 14 seed at Nationals, and he made it to the round of 12 before falling to James Green. His career still to be determined. LaValle's coming off a redshirt season in 2015-16 after qualifying for Nationals as a ninth-seeded sophomore. Currently, he's ranked number 5 at 157 for the Tigers. Number 9 is Tyler Clark of Iowa State in 2008. Tyler Clark lost his red shirt when he started for the Cyclones at the National Duels in place of Mark Kist. Clark was also a top 60 recruit from the class of 2007. His debut at the National Duels, January 12, 2008, versus Dave Thomasette of Hofstra. He lost by decision 9-4. In his freshman season, Clark 
finished with a 7-5 mark in dual competition, 18-12 overall, and placed fourth in the Big 12. He went 0-2 in his first of two trips to nationals. As a sophomore, Clark earned the 9 seed at the 2009 NCAA Championships, but did not place. He pulled the old rare switcheroo, transferred to Iowa, where he finished his career during his senior season. Tyler racked up 18 wins and finished fourth at the Midlands, but he was stuck behind a sophomore Tony Ramos. Number eight, and he's the first of quite a few Cowboys on this list, is John Smith has been the one who's been most willing to shed these red shirts late. It's going to be Gary Wayne Harding from 2015. Harding was inserted into the OSU lineup for the Southern Scuffle. In the months prior, the Cowboys weren't getting much production from the 133-pound weight class. Coming out of high school, he was number 46 overall by D1CW. His debut at the Southern Scuffle January 1st, 2015 versus Carter Bollinger of Central Michigan. He won by a decision 8-7, but did not place at the Scuffle. Overall in the freshman season, Gary Wayne won 29 bouts and earned himself a spot in the 2015 NCAA Championships where he picked up two wins. His career is still to be determined. He was the Cowboys starter again in 2016 and wrestled in the national tournament. This year he stuck behind Cade Brock and has not competed. Number seven, also an OSU Cowboy, Austin Marsden from 2012. Marsden was D1CW's number 25 recruit from the class of 2011, was expected to redshirt until Ellen Allen Gelagayev went down with a late-season-ending injury. Marsden's first dual meet came against Illinois in the National Dual Semifinals, where he took the mat in a match where OSU led by one point. That debut was February 19th, 2012 versus Pat Walker of Illinois, and he won by decision 3-2. Even though he made his debut so late in the season, Marsden was able to qualify for nationals on the strength of a runner-up finish at the Big 12 championships. Austin would redshirt the next season, then add two Big 12 titles to his resume. He also earned All-American honors twice, 8th in 2014, and sixth last season. Number six on the list is Trevor Meld of Rutgers from 2009, along with Scott Winston. Trevor was one of the prized recruits of Scott Goodale's first class at Rutgers. Meld was Intermat's number 17 recruit from the class of 2008. His debut January 7, 2009, versus Nick Nelson of Virginia. He lost by decision 9-3. Despite earning the number four seed at the EIWA Championships, Trevor was not able to qualify for the national tournament as a freshman. That freshman season was the only in which he did not qualify for nationals. His deepest run through the tournament came as a senior in 2013, where he won two matches. On to the top five. Number five, Josh Kindig of Oklahoma State in 2011. Another wrestler to come out of redshirt at the National Duels. Kendig filled in for injured starter Luke Silver in a big way against Virginia Tech. 
Though Kindig pulled an upset of a returning All-American, the Cowboys were actually upset themselves by the Hokies 18-16. Kindig was a top 10 recruit from the class of 2010. That debut was January 8, 2011, versus Chris Diaz. He won by decision 7-4. That freshman season, there are some big highlights for Kindig in his initial season. The Diaz victory as well as another upset of the eventual Big 12 champion and All-American, Todd Shavern. Josh was still unseated at Nationals and was eliminated after winning two matches. Kindig's career really took off after taking a redshirt in 2012-2013 and bumping up to 149 pounds. He was the NCAA runner-up in 2014 to Jason Sertzis and was having an excellent senior season before some injuries took over. On to number four, that is Kirk Smith of Boise State in 2008. Boise State could not resist sitting on one of their biggest recruits ever, a hometown guy, Kirk Smith. He was number nine overall by Intermat in the class of 2007. His debut January 11, 2008, versus Ian Murphy of Cal State Fullerton. He won by decision 3-2. Smith was one of only five wrestlers on this list to earn All-American honors as a freshman. He finished in eighth place at 184 pounds after finishing as a runner-up in the then Pac-10 championships. The end of Kirk's career actually played out sort of similarly to Josh Kindig, like Kindig, Smith was the NCAA runner-up as a junior. He was actually the undefeated top seed heading into that 10, 2010 NCAA tournament, and he missed a large portion of his senior year due to injuries and was really only a shell of himself when he did actually compete. Number three will be Jackson Morse of Illinois. From 2011, Morse was named D1CW's number seven overall recruit from the class of 2010 after winning two Super 32 titles and finishing as the top 152 pounder in the country. His debut was January 7, 2011 versus Ryan Goodman of West Virginia. He won by decision 10-5. His freshman season, Morse racked up 22 wins and he was an at-large selection for the NCAA Championships in Philadelphia. He finished 0-2. Morris had a bit of a sophomore slump, barely over 500. Then he red shirts, move up to 165 pounds. At 165, Jackson was seeded twice at Nationals, 12th as a junior, 9th as a senior, and that senior season, he really was consistent, turned it on at the end, finishing fourth in the nation. So our top two, these are actually probably two of the most obvious on this list. Number two is Joe Smith, Oklahoma State, 2016. He was inserted into the Cowboy lineup after Chance Marsteller was not effective at 157 pounds. He demonstrated he was ready for the big time after making the finals of the Reno Tournament of Champions and the Southern Scuffle while unattached. In those matches, he showed flashes before falling to Imar at Reno, 
Jason Nolf at the Scuffle, both of the eventual NCA finalists at uh, their respective events. And he was uh, the number seven recruit in the class of 2015 by Flow Wrestling. His debut January 15th, 2016 versus Dylan Cottrell, West Virginia. He won by decision 11-4. Smith was able to cap off his freshman season with a 7th place finish at Nationals. He won his first Big 12 championship and came into Nationals with the 6th seed. His career still to be determined. Currently, Smith is ranked number 6 at 157 and has three more years of eligibility. And number one, Miles Martin of Ohio State from 2016. Of course, he is the only NCAA champion on this list. Early in the 2015-16 season, it was thought he'd redshirt because Bo Jordan was competing at 174. However, Jordan goes down to 165, and there was potentially a weak spot in the lineup. Debut, it was January 3rd, 2016. Versus Isaac Rainman of Illinois, he won by technical fall, 23-7. As I mentioned earlier, Martin went on to capture the NCAA title at 174 pounds, and he did so coming from the 11th seed, defeating Bo Nickel, who had beaten him three previous times that season. His 33 wins set an Ohio State record for true freshmen. Martin Career, of course, to be determined, he's now up a weight class and ranked number 9 at 184. So, what did we learn today? I'm not entirely sure, but uh, generally we don't see recruits of Mark Hall's caliber getting brought out of the red shirt this late in the year. The guys that do come out, kind of mixed results. A few All-Americans, a few guys whose names you probably haven't thought of in five years. But I'm going to wrap it up here. As usual, check out the awesome content on the Matt Talk Podcast Network. If you'd like to have uh, anything you'd like me to talk about, you can tweet me at Sudden History for the show at D1CW for my personal account. Stay tuned in future episodes. I'll be doing some giveaways with the sick D1CW shirts I had made by Rudis. I love their products. Check them out. Until next time. How the hell do I get off this stage?